Good evening, afternoon, night, morning, wherever you find a way to watch or listen to this podcast. It's me, Omar, again, uh, joined by a familiar face, um, both in my life and on this podcast, and also two new faces who I, I mean, all, all three, all three folks I'm very excited to have on the podcast. Um, we have Greg Berry, uh, my friend from uh, from ever since middle school, Air Force Academy graduate and service academy football fan currently living in uh, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, and that's going to be pertinent to our topic today. And we're joined by Alex Shear and AJ Ruffing. Uh, I hope I got the pronunciations right. Spot on, man. Awesome. Okay. Of the CSC podcast. And these guys have probably the best podcast that regards to in regards to Mac football. Um, so gentlemen, before we begin, does does anyone have anything to begin with? Uh no, thank you for having us. Uh yeah. I know that we're we're excited to to share our thoughts, opinions on bowl games. I appreciate the Ohio University uh bowl championship t-shirt that you're rocking <laughs> over there. Uh great to see the Bobbies win that bowl game. That was a that was a thriller. And uh, we're just glad that the Mac is the official um, Bowl Challenge Cup champion for the 2022 Bowl season. So good times for the Mid-American Conference right now. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, going to the game, it was, it was a great game. It was electric, honestly. Um, I was a Bobcats fan for the day. I, I mean, I asked, I asked my girlfriend for the uh, the paw print shirt because I thought it was cool. And uh, I didn't know what else to ask for for Christmas. So uh got me the paw print shirt, so I wore it. And um we were supposed to sit on the Ohio side, but my mom wanted to sit on the on the seat backs and not on the steel benches at Arizona Stadium. So we sat with a bunch of uh, Wyoming fans. Uh, so we had to we had to continue the act. But uh, I guess I'll continue to be an Ohio fan. Um, but yeah, this is a great bowl season. Um, and of course, Greg, the Air Force Academy being the only academy, sadly, in a bowl game, uh, represented uh, the troops well. Um, yeah. Yeah, the only opportunity for the service academy, you know, Air Force is coming back on top. So, sure, uh, I'll brag on it this year. <laughs> sure, you know, it, we talked about this off air. You know, I live in Colorado Springs now, twenty minutes from the academy, so I was able to cover the uh, Air Force Colorado State game this year, and had a blast there. And then I went to Army Navy as well up in Philly. Uh, my sister in law goes to Navy, so it was one of those things where we had to take that opportunity and go. But uh, talking about, you know, it was fantastic watching Air Force play. That was a, so this year I was able to watch all three surface academies play within three weeks of each other, which was really, really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you know, the, the Academy Stadium is, it's different. We'll put it that way. It's uh, it's something like I, I've never seen before. It's literally built deep into the ground. It's below 25. Like it's it's something, but it, it, we had an absolute blast. The people were great. Um, so we had, we had a lot of fun and, and watched them get a nice uh, victory that night. It's great. No, it's definitely, uh, I don't know what it was built to cold war era almost. So steel and concrete and, uh, yeah. slowly doing renovations. But, uh, when you see it full, you know, some of those bigger games, the service Academy games or like graduation, it's, it's a, it's a pretty, uh, unique arena. So sure. I'll be covering more games next year as, uh, right. we've talked to the SID there and he goes, anytime you want to come out, let me know. So it'll, it'll be fun. We'll, we're excited yeah. to do more coverage there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know Greg and I are are in preliminary plans for uh, the Air Force Army game next year, and uh, I'll be there. Mile high. So yep. you know, first uh, first uh, Air Force game since at Denver since the late '60s. Mm-hmm. So uh, should be a fun time. Yep, uh, I plan on being there as well. Okay, a- absolutely. I mean, um, it, it's it's a great time. It's good that they're uh, I guess they're treating the Air Force Army rivalry with uh, with with due respect, putting at neutral sites. You know, uh, I'm a huge neutral site fan, uh, unlike a lot of people, but. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's why we're here talking bowl games too, I guess with our main topic. 
Um, so last week, uh, kind of kind of shocking news out of nowhere. Uh, some I guess what was it? Organizers of a, of a bowl game in Cincinnati, uh, the Cincinnati Chili Bowl, announced that they were conduct they're going to conduct a feasibility study for a bowl game to be aired on the CW network. Which I love it because a, a bowl game not being aired on cable that's a throwback to like 1985. I mean, what's not to love about it? Uh, a bowl game in Cincinnati, and I just want to know your guys' opening thoughts, Greg, with you being an Ohio resident, and Alex Nage with you being. Um, well, yeah, Ohio, Ohio natives, Ohio native and residents. <laughs> I'll go last. So yeah, yeah, please jump in first, guys. So AJ and I have very differing opinions on this. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm all for as many bowl games as you can get to, to, an, to a degree. I think, you know, um, I think Ohio, we, we've seen many different bowl games come through Ohio. Uh, we've had the glass bowl. We've had um, the, I believe it's the aviation bowl that Dayton hosted for like two years. Um, so we've seen different games come through Ohio. It would be nice to have one as like a permanent staple. Um, we, we Northern games work. You know, we see the quick lane bowl, obviously in Detroit that is indoors. We do, however, see the bowl game uh, at the, baseball stadium outdoors i mean so we see these games and they they work outdoors in northern environments in cincinnati it doesn't get that cold in early to mid-december that quickly obviously i say that and with a big grin on my face considering the you know the negative temperatures we experienced here right at christmas you know the negative 10 degrees but I, i i really think something like you know, doing a bowl game in Cincinnati would be huge. We were down there for Miami versus Cincinnati in football this year, um, down at Paycor. And while the turnout wasn't the best for Miami, I the way I look at it is Miami's pro the Miami fans are protesting not getting to play a rivalry game in their home stadium anymore. You know, Cincinnati gets to play it at um, Nippert Stadium when they're the home team. And then Miami plays that game at Paycor Stadium when they're the home team. So they have to get on the bus, go an hour, hour, 15 minutes to be the home team in a rivalry game in the visiting team city. And so for me, I view that as fans protest that a little bit. You know, it's it's not a true road game for Cincinnati. They just get to hop over a few streets for a for a game. So I think that a bowl game could be very successful and you could see fans come out for something as unique as it is. And Cincinnati chili, that's, I mean, that's a staple, right? We've got skyline, we've got gold star. Those are, those are very popular things down in Cincinnati, like them or not. That's what they are. Okay. That's fair. And, uh, and it's not really chili. And I, and I feel very Ohio saying that (laughs) we all know this, that it's not really chili, but I really think that a bowl game in Cincinnati, Ohio, or in Ohio in general, could be very successful if done the right way. Yeah, you know, he, Alex mentioned we're kind of on dip, different ends on this. And me, I look at it as, you know, I go back to that Miami Cincinnati game. There were more fans that traveled to Arizona to watch OU than traveled just 20 minutes down the road or however far Oxford is to Cincinnati. To watch that game there was no Miami fans there and I think too when it comes to the Mid-American Conference with the exception of the Quick Lanes Bowl I think fans would want to travel somewhere a little bit warmer for Christmas I don't think you know I don't think they're going to want to go down to Cincinnati and spend spend their holidays down in Cincinnati 
watching a bowl game in the cold. Detroit gets away with it because it's a dome. But yeah, that's why there's that's why they go out west. That's why they go to the Bahamas. You know, they're they're in Arizona. They're in Idaho. Even though Idaho's a little ish warm and cold, but then you go to the Bahamas and whatnot. So I think those are bigger draws and more money for the conference. I don't know if just going to Cincinnati would bring the Mid American Conference a ton of money because everybody could be there. Yeah, you know, it may bring fans from Michigan down. I don't know, but. I think fans prefer to go west or far south to watch their teams play over the holidays. So Cincinnati could do it. I mean, it wouldn't, they have the facilities, they have the infrastructure, but it's one of those things too. We look at Cincinnati hosts a game. Then I think Indianapolis should host one before Cincinnati, honestly, having gone to many bowl game or many championship games in Indianapolis and having grown up in, in Indiana, Indy does a, probably one of the best jobs in, in the country when it comes to big games like that. Super Bowls that went to that, Big Ten championships, things like that, the NCAA championships. They can do it all. So if I was going to put a bowl game somewhere, I think I would go Indy be over Cincinnati by a long shot. But I think they also on the other side, they rather go west where it's a little warmer out. It's a, an interesting point to, to talk about traveling fans. Um, Cincinnati wants to be a sports city. They, I mean, they have people showing up for the Bengals. Um, you have this new stadium, TQL Stadium for FC Cincinnati, that you have you have fans going that don't know anything about soccer. Which you know, maybe that's the new wave in America. That's a new podcast. You could talk about that, uh, Omar. So the city itself is energetic about these sports. Um, I love the stadium. You know, it opened uh, a year and a half ago, May twenty twenty one. Fits 26,000 people, you know, all this parking underneath. It's right in the heart of the city where you, you walk five minutes and you got bars, you got pubs, you got restaurants. It's a fun environment. It's new. There's a, you know, fun standing area for the normally the, the home fans for FC Cincinnati. So the location itself, if it's TQL Stadium, I think it's great. How do we entice people to show up? Um, maybe, you know, you have these more outlandish bowls, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, where it's dumping mayo and mayo is given out, or, you know, all the different foods at the Cheez-It Bowls. Can we get, can we get a Ohio chili on uh, Cheez-Its? You know, is, is that, is it allowed? Uh, you know, I think if, if there's going to be a bowl game there, especially on a unique network, they're going to have to try and be a little more outlandish to recruit fans to show up. And it could be pretty unique, but um, yeah, I, I'm limited in my exposure, but I, I think they'd have to, make it pretty fun and enticing for fans to come to. I, I agree um, in terms of the fun aspect, because like, I, I feel like the bowls that people love the most are the food bowls where like people are getting stuff dumped on them. Um, whether it's like mayonnaise or like uh, the fries with, uh, with Frank Solich in his final, final year, or not final, sorry, uh, second to last year, final bowl win, got the fries dumped on him. So I feel like, I don't know how many coaches would agree to like, having chili dumped on them. But if like you throw in like charity, like <laughs> charity, like like the mayonnaise bowl, like the Duke's mayonnaise bowl does, and then, then maybe it's uh it, it's it entices the coaches, and we get it, we get a chili dump for sure. Uh, I mean, I I like the point about about the stadium, about it being like a fun environment because I feel like if you have a bowl game, the environment kind of has to make up for it as well. I mean, uh, I heard, uh, and I'm sure you guys heard as well, Alex and AJ about like the Camellia Bowl, how Montgomery really did not. They just hosted a game like they didn't host a bowl experience. They hosted a game. And if Cincinnati does that, then I, I don't think the I think the Chili Bowl just becomes just another bowl game. But uh, if it 
you know, it encapsulates all that Cincinnati is, even though, you know, whatever it is, I've never been there. But if it encapsulates all that Cincinnati is, then, you know, it has a chance to like really leave a mark on the industry. So to to your point on all that Cincinnati is, um, so I, I grew up a big Cincinnati Reds fan. So I've spent a lot of time down in Cincinnati at Great American Ballpark and, uh, you know, just that that whole area. And they have put a lot of money, time, effort into really making that sports area, that sports Absolutely. complex. Like three or four complexes right there. Yeah, it just it looks beautiful. You've got the Ice Arena, you've got Great American Ballpark, you've got Pape Core Stadium, and then you've got TQL Stadium just right down the road. So, and then you've got Nippert Stadium right on campus, like five minutes away. So, I mean, you just got all these great venues. And so to to entice fans to get people excited to be at these things, I remember I was at Red's opening day 2019. And for anybody who knows baseball, you know that Cincinnati Reds being the first game of the year is, is a staple. That is a very common thing. They've only played, they've only not played the first game of the year at home, something like six times in 153 years history. This is so it's a very rare thing for the Reds to not be the first game of baseball. And it's a party, you know, we've seen pictures and stuff from all over, you know, first games of the year, whatever. Cincinnati has done an excellent job of making it a party now. And that's even despite how terrible the Reds have been. You know, that's uh, I, I can admit that freely. Um, but I, but I think Cincinnati has done such an excellent job. Now, my concern, however, is the Mac has two or four guaranteed bowl games, the Bahamas Bowl, the Idaho Potato Bowl, the Arizona Bowl and the Quick Lane Bowl. Those are four guaranteed bids. Um, and then they get two bids from I think it's seven bowl games. Yeah, seven seven other bowl games. The Lending Tree Bowl, Myrtle Beach, New Mexico, uh, the Camilla Bowl, the Cure Bowl, and the Boca Raton Bowl. Um, obviously, the, the MAC was in the Boca Raton and the Camilla Bowl this year. My concern is, due to the power structure and the nature of college football, would the MAC be able to field enough teams to fill that bowl game, unless it was a guaranteed game? Because right now, the way it is, you look at schools like Kent State, who this they'll schedule three Power Five programs in their out of conference schedule, um, and usually they'll come into conference play one and three. So you can't you can't drop too many games in conference play and still make a bowl game. So I I, I think it's it's tough. You got you've there's there's there is that downside that I see, but I'm all for adding a bowl game in Cincinnati, a, gr- a great sports city, mo- mostly a baseball city. Um, but they're very, very quickly shifting to becoming a football city. Absolutely. And I think one thing that might be interesting too, we talked about trying to make the bowl game fun. That's a part of, it, but you also kind of look at it like, okay, they played a game in Fenway park this year, or they used to play it at, uh, they played a game at Wrigley field. I think a couple of years ago, I think the history of the stadium brings a huge impact into that also. Because it's unique. You know, once a year you're going to see a baseball game or a football game at Fenway. You know, then the other bowl games like the Duke's Mayo Bowl, the Cheez-Its, they have the antics that, you know, add on that maybe supplement that history. But then you want to do something cool, something unique, the history of the stadium. I mean, it's not Paul Brown Stadium anymore. Or it's, you know, TQL is brand new. There's, I don't know what the history is there. So I think that might be a huge deterrent also because what's going to draw them there. Because, like, for example, I went to a Colorado – stayed a couple of weeks ago for a basketball game. They have their um, hall of fame in there. 
I had no idea how these people even coached or played at Colorado State. That's some of the big name, the Earl Bruce's, the Becky, uh, uh, what's the name, the basketball coach, uh, Becky. Uh, the woman, yeah, the woman's basketball coach. Yeah, uh, she went to Colorado State. So I think things like that, having access for fans to see the history of the stadium is a huge draw because you get that at Fenway, you get that at Wrigley, especially. And so I think that's something Cincinnati would have to take into consideration as well. And not just a Super Bowl runner-up banner, if that's if that exists. Right. Not, I mean, you're speaking about the history of the stadium and potentially the teams there. FC Cincinnati has been in, you know, the Major League Soccer League for, for four years. And before that, you know, they were in this, this lower-tier American soccer. So it's the team is, is brand new. The stadium is brand new. And so I think... You know, they're trying to get this this newer crowd there. You know, inside the stadium, you have pubs, you have this whole craft craft beer area. It's it's cheap, it's Ohio beer. So <laughs> um so I think it's it's a newer Careful what you're saying about Ohio beer now. Well, I, I like it. Ryan Geist, if I'm paying nine dollars for a beer at a game anywhere else at a big stadium, that's 20 bucks. So oh yeah, uh, easy, easy. So right. Um, you know, and sponsors and stuff, I don't know how that works, but yeah, there's, there's no history there, um, but the stadium is more vertical. It's a soccer stadium, 26,000 people. You know, we saw, I think, what, the New Mexico Bowl is pitiful. How, how many people were there? Omar, maybe you could speak to Oh, whoa, 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 oh, whoa, you know, whoa. On TV, when you, when you see, you know, two, 3,000 people barely. And... That, that's not true. That That's like, I think that had a pretty fair turnout. I think the, okay. the New Mexico All had right. like their matchup this year. Like other years, um, I don't mean to pick on the Mac, but years when you have like Central Michigan, San Diego State, like. Like, you know, but, you know, but that's all I'm going to say about that. Well, we want the players and the teams to enjoy the bowl game too. So how, how do we pack the stadiums? It being vertical, I think it feels more full, even with less fans there. So again, it's, it's louder. It's, it's a different environment. Um, but how, how do we get people there um, other than Chile? I mean, I mean you, you could have a Chile off. I think that'd be kind of cool. Get some, you know, that would be you know, get and get the teams involved. I mean, you know, but it's, it's a lot more than that, right? It's, you know, the kid, the kids are, you've got a lot of the teams do the stuff with the, the local children's hospitals and they do the, so they do a lot of like outreach as well. Cincinnati has, I think the second largest children's hospital in the state of Ohio, um, outside of children's in Columbus, Ohio, um, or the nationwide children's hospital in Columbus. They, I mean, you know, Dayton, it's it's not close but it's i mean it's a 30 40 minute drive you've right. got you know right patterson you, you so there's there's some cool historical things you can do there Air i Force mean museum yeah like so i mean there's 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 obviously opportunities it, the chili bowl calling it the chili bowl makes sense i mean it's it's gimmicky but you, you're not going to call it the cincinnati tiger stripes bowl like you're not you're not you're you're not going to call the cincinnati mustache bowl you know it you're if you're going to call it something it's going to be called the cincinnati chili bowl because that just makes the most sense for that city or the river bowl you could even go the river bowl yeah like i mean you got to tie it to the city and cincinnati is known for cincinnati chili and being on the ohio river and not even really being on the ohio river there you know there it's it's cincinnati and chili I, I think the the fun part is Lexington, an hour away. Louisville's mm-hmm. hour and a half, and so okay. Well, we have Kentucky 
you know, how, how do we get their fans involved too? Um, yeah. It's huge populations. Instead of people just traveling down, it's, you know, more people traveling up as well. Nashville's four hours, easy drive. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, there's so much that's, there's opportunities there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree um, with all those points. I want to go back to the history point, uh, and maybe maybe this part of our discussion won't be as long. But what do you, what would you guys think about this game being hosted at Nippert instead? Because I'm a fan of Nippert Stadium. I think Nippert Stadium is a capsule back to you know say the 1920s and 30s. Do you think that would add, I guess, a better flair, better fan experience than TQL Stadium? I I think if you're gonna host a bowl game, this this bowl game should actually be at Paul Brown or Paycor. Um, and nothing against Nippert, nothing against TQL. This this is a football game. You need to host it in the most historical venue in Cincinnati. That is what is now formerly known as Paul Brown Stadium. You could maybe pull something cool and try to host it at Great American. Great American's a very small ballpark. It, you, we saw the sidelines for what Louisville Cincinnati this year, and they were both shared the same sidelines. There, there wouldn't be room for a sideline for in great American. So I, I think you have to host it in the most well-known venue. And I think that's Paul Brown because for, for a couple of reasons, they had the infrastructure in place to handle a mass amount of fans. That is, that is number one. Um, they're the largest stadium. I think they seat 64,000 people. I could be very wrong on that. 66. 66. Okay. Um, so they, so they, they had the infrastructure in place to host 50,000 plus people. Now, are there going to be 50,000 plus people there? Probably not. But I think if you're going to, if you're going to make this a bowl game where you want the fans and you want the attendance, make it a Mac versus a big 10 game, like what the quick lane bowl should be. The quick lane bowl hasn't had a big 10 team in it in years um the mac has played in three out of the last four so it's it's very much the opposite of what it should be i think if you do this you get two big 10 you get a big 10 and a mac team mm-hmm. have them ground and pound it in in the cold the way ohio or the way ohio and midwest football should be and i think that would that, that would bring a lot of people in especially sure. a lower tier big 10 team like a like a purdue who Frankly, is they're excited to go to a bowl game. You know, it's I mean, you're you're not going to get Ohio State to go to that bowl game. They're gonna they're gonna laugh you and laugh you off and say, "Yeah, try another team." You know, you're not going to get Michigan to go to that bowl game, but you might get a Michigan State. You might get an Indiana, and I think that's a much more realistic thing. And it would make a better matchup for a MAC runner up, a MAC you know third place finisher as well. Yeah, I don't think you could play it at Nippert either. The simple fact that if you're going to do it on a college campus, you probably don't want to do it during Christmas break. If you're wanting attendance, you know, college kids are going to pay, they'll pay 10 bucks to go watch a football game and that campus will be dead during Christmas break. So you, you definitely have to pay to play it at Paycor from now. I believe Nipper is in the middle of campus too, right? Yeah. So it, it would be a nightmare logistically getting there and getting things organized uh, for outside fans. But yeah, you definitely have to pay it, play it at Paycor. You know, we were there parking was, a little bit of a hassle for us to say the least. We, we, a little uh, bit of a hassle, but there was a lot. There were like four events going on in Cincinnati. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a pain. Yeah, it was. But nevertheless, I think infrastructure wise, concession food, concession stand wise, and I think overall TV appearance, they'll probably look a little bit better at that pay core. 
All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, good point there. I think for me, the thing was, uh, and, and I'm sure you guys can talk more about uh, ticket allotments. That was the main concern about, about a big venue like Paycor Stadium. But I mean, I'm sure if like they bring out the tarps, um, then ticket allotments won't be as much of a problem and the schools um, are at less of risk of, uh, of losing money. Uh, in terms of the tie-ins too, Alex, you mentioned the Big Ten and I, I've had a couple of conferences in mind. I want to talk to you guys about conferences and teams. Uh, so first, I mean, I'm going to bring Greg into this. You know, uh, what about a Mountain West tie, and particularly aimed at the Air Force Academy? Getting the Air Force Academy where you have them at right, where you have Wright Patterson Air Force Base nearby. You have that strong contingent of air of airmen and uh, Air Force officers uh, that would go to the game, and I mean, likely would probably sell out a 26,000 seat. Um, you know, a TQL stadium along with the Mac fan, uh, the Mac representative fan. So what are you guys thoughts on potential, I guess, clause bringing air force in if they're bowl eligible to, to the chili bowl. Okay. I have thoughts, but I'll let you guys go first. Yeah. I'll, I'll dive in quickly. People will drive down, you know, watch parties for air force games, even in Dayton, Ohio, they're there. Um, you know, we have 10% of each graduating class coming out to Dayton, Ohio each year. So you have these young grads that'll go to a bowl game. that's close but Air Force football, I think, you know, if it's this newer, newer bowl game that's not as established and um, it's more of a risk, I think Air Force football is selfish and potentially will want, you know, a more, more known bowl game. I don't know. I'm, I'm newer to college football more, you know, I've been listening to you a lot. So, uh, but I think, I think Air Force would, you know, unless we're barely bowl eligible at the end of the season, um, you know, if, if we get another nine or 10 win season, I think they'd want something bigger. Yeah. Really quick, really quick, Greg. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Were you, were you okay. refinish? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say about the established bowl point 2016 Air Force did go to the Arizona Bowl, which wasn't even nationally televised, was streamed on Campus Insiders, which d- doesn't exist anymore. And uh, was syndicated like local, 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 st- local TV stations bought rights to the game. Um, to the Arizona Bowl. So I, I do understand that, especially now with like having, I think like every every year since 2019, which was or every every year since 2019, except for the pandemic year has been a 10 year season for Air Force. I totally get that sentiment. So I'll just, I'll just pass it back to you guys. AJ, go ahead. Yeah, I think, you know, financially, I don't think it would make sense for Cincinnati to come or for Air Force to come all the way to Cincinnati. Because you look at the Mountain West, their fans are pretty loyal out in this part of the country, especially here in Colorado, Colorado Springs and whatnot, especially Colorado Springs. So I don't know if they'd be tra- willing to travel all the way to Cincy for a game. And, you know, most of the surface academies tend to play in a bowl game that is military related. You know, the Lockheed Martin Bowl, the what was or I, I forget all of them anymore. There's they they the Armed Forces the Bowl, Armed Forces Bowl, bowl. things like that. So, yeah, yeah, they're they're always tied into a military bowl and. For a brand perspective, that makes a lot more sense than playing in a Chili Bowl. Yes, Wright Patterson is there. But that's only a small population of Air Mountain West fans and Air Absolutely. Force fans in general. So I, knowing what I know about how the the MAC has their tie-ins, the MAC already gets two guaranteed games against Mountain West schools in postseason um, of their four or five guaranteed bowl tie-ins. Right now, the way it works is the MAC gets a matchup with Conference USA in the Bahamas Bowl. They get Idaho Potato Bowl against the Mountain West. Um, they get Barstool Arizona versus a Mountain West. Quick Lane should be against the Big Ten. 
was against a Mountain West this year, or no, it was a New Mexico State's independent. Um, so, but a West Coast or Western country team. Um, the Lending Tree Bowl, when we qualify, has a has a Sun Belt team, um, and the Camilla Bowl is Sun Belt or the American Athletic. So I, I really think, and and this is me being very selfish as a Mid American Conference fan. I want the MAC to get a bowl game against a Power Five program. We, you know, we don't as as a mid as the Mid American Conference. I think overall we get very disrespected um, nationally, um, for bowl games, for whatever. And and that's fine. You know, that's, I'm not going to sit here and dive into my long soliloquy about that. Um, but, but I really think that every group of five program or every group of five conference should have a bowl tie-in to a power five. I think that should just be an automatic thing. And I know the quick lane bowl is supposed to be that for the big 10 and the Mac. It hasn't been that the last couple of years last year. Um, it was Nevada from the mountain West taking on Western Michigan. Uh, two years prior it was Eastern Michigan taking on Pitt. So it just, we, we don't see it. And I think that that needs to be restructured. And I think that if, if this were to be a mid American conference tie in bowl, the Mac should really step up and say, Hey, we want it to be against a power five program, ideally a big 10. Um, or the, the bowl organizer should say, Hey, we want a big 10 and we want a Mac team who you got. So I, I really think as, as great as I love scheduling or the other group of five programs and seeing those games, I think they're always great games. Group of five teams aren't going to get challenged unless they're getting the opportunity to play the power five in postseason games, you get, you get the early warmup games, right? You get the games where it's ball state goes down to Tennessee and gets waxed 77 Parents to 10 weekends games. So they can, look yeah. Better. yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think now once, once, once the season has ended, you get a, a nine and three Mac team takes on a seven and five big 10 team. That's a much more even game than, than Georgia taking on Kent state. <laughs> You know, and and I mean, and to all credit to Kent State, they played their hearts out and only lost that game by 17, which a lot of SEC teams can't say. But that's that's a very uneven matchup. Kent State wasn't bowl eligible this year. So I, I really think if you and I, I thought the committee did an excellent job this year of bowl games of finding fairly even matchups. Um, all the mat games, uh, with the exception of one, came down to like a single score. So I, I really thought they did an excellent job, but we need more of that. And it needs to also be with our power five opponents or else the divide is just going to keep, keep swelling. It's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. I mean, great points there. Honestly, it is a shame that, I mean, and it, I guess, I guess it's on purpose that the big 10 has a quick lane ball at the bottom of its barrel. So, you know, you know, with, with a, a million teams of sense in year six, like, you know, that barrel is getting scraped from and it, you know, the quick lane bowl becomes a Mac versus an at large. So I get, the, I get the sentiment there. I will say this as a, as a purist, as a Rose Bowl lover and purist, I, I just love 
West versus Midwest matchups. And I mean, as many of, the, of them as we can get as possible, you know, I, I love it, honestly. Um, you know, because I, I got to say, like, if, if we can't have a Pac-12 team versus a Big Ten team in the, you know, as the sun sets in the, in the San Gabriel Mountains in the, the Rose Bowl, give me a Mountain West versus the MAC team as the sun sets and the, you know, the overhang at, at Arizona Stadium, you know, creates shade over the field. It's a beautiful sight. You know, it's not the Rose Bowl, but it's a beautiful sight. But um, I guess on this note, I'm kind of I'm kind of scared to bring up this conference, um, you know, as a as a, as an ex tie in because it's a completely different direction. Um, you guys can curse me out if you want to, but earlier today I wrote about you know the A Sun whack. I'm going to say the A word, the A Sun whack. You know, if their ambitious plans of, of becoming an FBS conference come true, uh, they're going to need a bowl game. And um, if no one else is interested in this upstart bowl game aired on CW between Judge Judy and How I Met Your Mother, um, then, you know, the A-Sun Whack will surely take it for us. So what, what are your guys' thoughts on potentially the A-Sun Whack champion facing, say, maybe a, a, a MAC division champ or a third-place finisher? So I'll just kind of just start here real quick. It's I think, and you're going to get me on this tangent. So I blame you for this. Um, I already think that we have too many teams in the FBS level. Um, I think we were good at 120. You get 10 conferences and, and you, I think what we need to do is, we need to completely eliminate independence before we start adding more conferences. That's, that's my first thought. Um, I, I have very, very much in favor of conferences. Um, but I also think you need to even the conferences out. I think we need to see, we go back down to 120 and we put 12 teams in 10 conferences. It's even you, you base it regionally. We don't have a UCLA in the big 10. You know, it's, I, I understand there, there's a whole money aspect and that's fine, but I'm, I'm going too far off of the, the question here, but I, I, I think, I think that they should pump the brakes on it, but if they were to make it, I don't think it would be the worst thing if that was one of their bowl tie-ins, especially with it being a new game. If this was an older established game, you couldn't put it in a new conference. If this was an older game, like if this was, I don't know, the, the Barstool Bowl or the Arizona Bowl, you can't put in the new conference. You can't put the new kid on the block in it because there's there's traditions, right? And I read something earlier today is traditions is uh, is just peer pressure from dead people. And while that's true, th- there are certain traditions with bowl games that you have to uphold. And as, as we continue to see conferences completely break up and shake down and and move we're seeing a lot of traditions we love like you mentioned the rose bowl completely go out the window and and i think that there's i think that's wrong so i don't think you put the new kid on the block in an established game a chili bowl sure let them let them let them get a little spotlight on a national stage sure i mean i would agree with that too putting him you know that establishable, everybody knows roughly who's going to play in that game yearly, uh, what what program is going to be there, well, at least what know, know the conferences. But yeah, you, you got to move the independents around, get them in conferences before. Like I grew up in Notre Dame country, and Notre Dame has to join a conference or else they'll never win a damn thing in their entire existence. And so you have them, you have, you know, who else is an independent now? 
I lose track of them because it seems like they change a couple every couple of years. But nevertheless, you got to play in conference play. It helps your bowl. It helps your school in general. It helps your notoriety. And then I don't know if anybody, you know, you mentioned playing between Judge Judy and, you know, How I Met Your Mother or whatever. I don't know what kind of crowds are going to bring, you know, I don't know if we're going to be sitting in a doctor's office watching college football. You know, I, that's the thing too. What kind of crowds is that going to bring in and playing on that channel? That's another tangent for a different time. But I definitely think you have to keep established teams, established programs in the main bowls. But yeah, why if you're going to bring a new bowl game, why not, you know, test the waters with a fairly new conference? I agree. Oh, no, go ahead, Greg. Oh, no, no, I, I bow out. My my uh, football knowledge is very limited, so. Yeah, just uh, just look at, after this podcast, just look up uh, ASUN WAC FBS and just, uh, just tell me your, your thoughts. I'm sure you'll think it's a dumb idea as well. Um, but I'm just hurt. I'm hurt by uh, the sentiment towards the independence uh, as, as an army fan, because uh, we tried we tried conference, you know, conference play a long time ago. It did not go so well. Um, that just but, means you got to get better. Oh, we're, we're better now. I mean, <laughs> I, and I thought I've thought about I've thought about honestly the max like taking army and UConn as football only members and like kind of creating like a great like kind of northeast corridor honestly where it's like you know in some years you have the the max title game well. I guess it wouldn't work because like these are outdoor venues, but like at MetLife or like at Gillette, you know, um, to like kind of cater to Buffalo, UConn, and Army. But I would love to see Army in the MAC. I, I kind of I miss seeing the MAC on on, uh, on Army schedule because I mean, there's like a streak. It was like from 2005 to 2018, there mm-hmm. was a MAC team on Army schedule every single year, and we haven't had a MAC team since. We should have had one. They played uh, Ball State like two years ago. Yeah, you played Ball State back in 2021. Yeah, 2021. Yeah. yeah, we did. Oh, we yeah, okay. Ball yeah. State. I, I don't. I yeah, want to that one. Yeah, yeah that was family day. Yeah. Was family I want to forget that one. <laughs> I, I went to Ball State. I or I transferred there in 2013. Army came that year, and then they. I think the year before that, Ball State went there. But yeah, they played. Was it 2020, 2021? Army Ball State played in Muncie. Yeah, that was our first loss. You, you just brought back a bad memory because uh, Christian Anderson was hurt and everything. So uh, th- thank you guys for that. But uh, gotcha. <laughs> so so point point still stands. Um, I guess going on to, I mean, I mentioned UConn going on to the last school, I guess, uh, as a sort of a tie-in. Uh, what do you guys think about UConn? They're, they're a team in a precarious position as an independent. And uh, I know I'm, I'm opening myself up to more independent bashing, but what do you guys think about UConn? I mean, they have history in Cincinnati, being a member of the Big East and the American. Um, it's, you know, it's not a ridiculous trip to, to ask. I mean, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, UConn fans in the New York City area who can catch probably a cheap flight from the greatest travel hub in the country to Cincinnati. So ease of travel is there. So what are you guys' thoughts on UConn as being a potential tie-in? Five words. Put them in a conference. Okay. Yeah. I mean, UConn would be like, you know, we talked about the Big East and the American and the American Conference. They would be perfect in the American. Obviously, that's another story. But, you know, like a they could be a great conference USA uh, conference or football team. They could be phenomenal in that conference because the top three teams in that conference are fairly competitive and they can compete with them. I and mean, they came to Ball State this year and you know, Ball State beat them, but it was a fairly close game. I think Carson Wentz went off towards or Carson Wentz, Carson Steele went off and, and won it towards the end. But yeah, I think like a conference USA would be a phenomenal fit for UConn. Yeah, I right. think. Well, I was going to say, just to kind of tack on to that. I think if they made the poor decision to stay independent, 
I think that it would be it would be a fine tie-in for them. You you mentioned the history of their time being in the Big East and you know just all that history that they do have. It would not be a terrible tie-in at all. I I do think that that of an independent program that one would make sense where they're just hey we have a contract if we qualify for whatever threshold. Um, UConn, you you mentioned is in a is in an interesting spot. So I don't hate the idea. I again, I think join a conference. You get you get so many more benefits of being a conference opponent rather than just an independent. And I know we talk about Notre Dame, and you know they get their TV contracts and whatever, and they make a lot of money that they don't have to share. And that's great for Notre Dame. UConn's not Notre Dame. UConn is a G five school football-wise, for all intents and purposes. They don't get that same TV revenue. Sure, they don't have to share it with anybody, but cool, you don't have to share $250,000. Like, you know, the MAC, the midweek games, each school gets something like $800,000 for the season because of the midweek games alone. So, like, sure, you're not sharing your money, but you're missing out on a lot of other money by not being in a conference. Sure. That's just my thought. And I can't imagine Jim Mora enjoys being independent either. With his football pedigree and where he's coaching when he's done, I'm pretty sure he'd enjoy conference play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I, I mean, I didn't even think about Jim Mora. I feel like Jim Mora, I didn't realize, one, how old he was, but with his age, you know, this kind of being like, I guess, a last destination for him. Um, well, that sounds very negative. Um, sort of like a, a retirement job for him. That, that's better. Um, but yeah, like, um, I mean, yeah, point, points taken at, indeed. I mean, in this changing landscape too, with, uh, where it's incentivized to be in a conference in the 12 team playoff, not like, not, not like the 14 playoff where it's like, you know, army, army, UConn can stay independent, you know, and, you know, they can play for bowls, hope for an at large bowl spot. But now if you're in a conference, if, um, with, especially the playing field, like being more level in the group of five, the incentive is totally there to join a conference. So, uh, yeah, like that is that is all I have. Um, that's all I had on the docket for uh, this podcast. Do you guys have anything else to add? No, nothing on our end. Uh, we appreciate you having us on and uh, wanted to say thank you and good luck to you guys and your schools yeah. during basketball season. It's uh, uh, we're conference play, you know, as big as we are on conference play just started and uh, the Mac just kicked off men's games last night. AJ's ball state beat my Toledo squad last night 90 to 83 and we have the women's games going on tonight so a lot of great conference play already looking forward to march madness yeah, yeah absolutely i'm sorry my bad my bad EJ. there you go yeah no absolutely we uh thank you thank you appreciate it we'll have to be in touch next year for uh army air force up in denver so i'll be there covering the game we'll, we'll be uh, we'll be on the field uh but nevertheless we'll have to try to reach out and, uh, and meet up well, you better be wearing blue, right? Not gray. Oh, no, no, I can't, no, I, no. I can't wear anything. I have to be neutral in the media box. So, uh, all right. So, we, uh, well, I'm, I'm more of a Navy guy just because my sister-in-law goes there. Um, our friends are coming out for that game. He, he, my, our friend is coming out for the game. He, uh, played at Army back in the day. So he's bringing my parents out and a bunch of other people, but I'll be neutral just because, I mean, it's not Navy playing. So I just said, I'm, sure. I'm on their side for the next two years. So right. it's okay. I mean, this time around, they won't be as lucky. I mean, they had a second coming Mike Allstott at fullback, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
it's, it's okay. Brad Roberts isn't there anymore. You know, I, <laughs> I I'm, I'm ready, but, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll have to keep in touch. Um, yeah, Greg, anything, anything else to add? Uh, you know, I'll just blindly be hoping for the chili bowl. So, uh, you know, I can go down and hit my second bowl game ever. Maybe. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Bowl games are for the people, you know? Um, yeah. So with that, thank you everyone for watching and listening until next time, everyone. Peace, love and soul.